Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is also brought to you by the Longhorn Real Estate Team. For all your real estate needs in the Austin area, please visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, two stalwarts on this University of Texas football team declared for the NFL draft, one on the offensive side, B. John Robinson, and one on the defensive side, DeMarvian Overshone. And so we're going to talk about uh, their departure and what that means for the University of Texas and what they brought to the University of Texas in their time here. And then uh, we found out last night that Dylan Spencer decommitted and will be headed to Texas Tech. That now gives Texas three decommitments uh, in this 2023 cycle. So ahead of early signing day, we'll talk about that um, and what this means for this 2023 class moving forward. But first, we want to talk about B. John Robinson, the Doak Walker Award winner, the best running back in the country. And he announced that he's declaring for the NFL draft and he will be foregoing playing in the Alamo Bowl. Right. Duh, right. You know, unless it was a New Year, New Year's Six Bowl or a playoff appearance, we expected B. John Robinson to uh, sit out of the bowl and, and opt out of the bowl, I should say, and declare. But it, it still hit like a like a shotgun. You know, it still felt like a horse kicked me in the chest. Uh, when I saw the announcement and saw that B. John Robinson would never play in a Texas jersey again, it, we kind of got that feeling, you know, when he walked off the field in, in the Baylor game and, and he was obviously crying. He was obviously emotional. Uh, we knew that, you know, we got the feeling he knew that that was his last game in a Texas jersey. And I think what he brought to the University of Texas is just somebody that always handled his business the right way. Right. And I think we take that for granted sometimes. But you see, um, you know, with B. John Robinson, he just never got in any trouble. You know, never got in any arguments. You never saw him, um, you know, displaying a character that wasn't becoming a B. John Robinson. Right. And then on the field, he was just amazing. One of the best running backs to ever come, you know, through the University of Texas. A lot of people have put B. John Robinson on the Mount Rushmore of Texas running backs. And when you're in the conversation of Earl Campbell, Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, and then people put you next right there, B. John Robinson as number four. That's just incredible company to be in, you know, not to mention he's in the company of Cedric Benson, Deontay Foreman and Ricky Williams as Doak Walker Award winners. And we know that Earl Campbell, if the award was around, then he would have won that as well. So for him to even be in that conversation just tells you how special B. John Robinson was at the University of Texas. And he dealt with a toxic culture. He dealt with dysfunction. He dealt with a coaching change and he still, you know, just stayed and represented the University of Texas on the field and off the field as gracefully as you can, right? And so we know what he brought off the field personality-wise and, you know, just putting God first and everything that he did. And and he walked in that image, right? He walked in, you know, <laughs> B. John Robinson was perfect, right? And he, obviously we know he wasn't perfect. He's human, but he came off as perfect, as a perfect figure, as somebody that could do no wrong. And I, I think that you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody who had a better image, than B. John Robinson. We saw all the NILs did. He was the perfect person to represent companies, you know, and that's why companies jumped on him because of what he represents. But he was the perfect person to represent this University of Texas football team. And I think we were all blessed to have B. John Robinson as the face of this University of Texas football team. And then on the field, he was pretty good too, right? And we knew that he grew up idolizing Reggie Bush and we saw quickly why, right? His ability to just make people miss um, in a phone booth in such a short area of space. He was electric in that. He could run outside and inside. You know, he can make people miss. He could, you know, run over people. He had the stiff arm. He really could do it all. And then in the passing game, he has soft hands. I think he has um, underrated ability to run routes. And 
you know, if you need him to pass protect, that's something that, you know, he can do as well. He's really a do-it-all running back. A lot of people say that uh, he may be the most talented running back to enter the draft since Saquon Barkley. And I really think that's probably the best comparison for him. Just, just at this point, maybe a LT, you know, in, in older days, but I'm comparing him to great running backs because B. John Robinson is a great running back. Like I said, his ability, like Saquon, if you watch, you know, NFL football, you just saw Saquon drop dude with three steps, you know, and against the Washington Commanders. That would have been a crazy juke. And B. John Robinson just has that same ability. And both of those are bigger backs, right? You don't expect your, your 220, 230 pound running backs to be able to juke people and make people miss in the open field uh, the way B. John Robinson and, and, and Saquon can do. You expect that from your smaller, shiftier running backs like your Keelan Robinsons, right? But they're both 220, 230 and, and can make people miss like they're 160. Like I said, they can both run inside, outside. They both have soft hands. I think uh, Saquon, his rookie year, had close to 100 catches. I definitely could see a scenario where, you know, B. John Robinson has 200, 250 carries and close to 100 catches. I, I think he's an underrated route runner, and um, I think he just brings so much to the table offensively. And then, like I said, he can pass protect, too. He's a three-down running back and has the potential to be one of the best running backs in the NFL and one of the best running backs in the country. So um, sad to see a player like that leave you know, because he's meant so much to the University of Texas on and off the field. And obviously your chances to win games are so much better when B. John Robinson is on the field. We saw that at the end of the Iowa State game where they leaned on him. We saw that at the end of the Kansas State game where they leaned on him. We saw that in the Kansas game where they leaned on him. And we saw that in the Baylor game where they rushed the ball 22 straight times to end the game, leaned on him and won all four of those games, right? B. John Robinson is just such a special player and uh, really is the reason you know, that I think this Texas team is on the right track, you know, and he did everything that he could to ensure that, you know, this Texas team, uh, you know, was better, you know, moving forward than it was when he found it, right? I, I think he's just the type of player that comes in and, and transforms your program. And what he came into needed to be transformed, right? And I think when you look at the future of the running back position at the University of Texas with Bijan leaving, obviously, with Bijan and Roshan leaving, those are huge losses, right? And, and you look at that, and, and most schools wouldn't be able to bring in another running back as good as Bijan Robinson or be able to steady that production, right? Because you lose that type of player, you know, who most people think will be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. And it's like, how do you replace that? Thankfully, at the University of Texas, we've never really had that problem. And I'm not saying that he'll be Bijan Robinson, but a stable of Jonathan Brooks, uh, Cedric Baxter, uh, Jaden Blue and a Keelan Robinson, even a Trey Wisner. You know, we, we spoke of five running backs last year. Those five running backs give me confidence that the running game for Texas will still really be good. I'm not sure if we'll have an indiv individual runner as good as B. John Robinson, but I think the future is bright for the running back room at the University of Texas. And so uh, that just speaks, you know, to the lineage, you know, that I just talked about earlier when you have players like Earl Campbell. Uh, Jamal Charles, B. John Robinson, Cedric uh, Baxter, Cedric Benson, <laughs> excuse me, hopefully Cedric Baxter in the future, um, you know, Jamal Charles, et cetera, et cetera. You're able to continue to have that legacy of running backs. And I think we do at the University of Texas moving forward. So uh, I think we're in good hands in the running back room. But, you know, it hurts to lose a player like B. John Robinson and it hurts to lose a person like B. John Robinson. But, you know, like my brother Nas Talks Texas says, you know, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. And we're just so grateful that a player like uh, B. John Robinson graced us at the 40 acres and chose to make the University of Texas his college home and his forever home because he's forever 
a Longhorn, a quick word from LinkedIn, and then we're going to talk about DeMar being overshown. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager. For your small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So DeMarvian Overshone, the, the arm bandit, <laughs> right? And um, he was such a leader, you know, at this at the University of Texas. He was a leader on this defensive team. And I think the impact that he had will really go for years at the University of Texas. Because when I talked about Texas being able to land the Anthony Hill commitment, I gave credit to the players for that, right? I gave credit to the coaching staff for being relentless in their recruiting. I gave credit to the coaching staff for, you know, putting out a plan this year to improve this defense, right? But you have to give credit to the players for executing that. And I think if those players like Jalen Ford and DeMarvion Overshone specifically and other players as well, if they don't go out there and put out a product on the field defensively that was complete night and day from the product in 2021, I don't think you get commitments from players like Colton Vasek or flips, flips and commitments from players like Anthony Hill. Right. Because I, I think that, you know, like I said before, there was always the thought that you could come to the University of Texas and maybe great individually on the defensive side. But there wasn't a huge track record of being able to come to the University of Texas and be great as a unit defensively. Right. I think DeMarvian Overshone on his way out was a key factor in showing defensive recruits that you can come to the University of Texas and be a part of a great defense. I think DeMarvin Overstrom was such a huge part of having a defense this year that was elite at times. I mean, they were elite in the Oklahoma game. They were elite in the TCU game. They were elite in the Bama game, right? Like all of those games in the beginning of the season, really most of the games in DKR, they were elite this season, right? A top 30 to 50 defense on all metrics. You have to give DeMarvian Overshawn credit for that, right? Because he was a big part of that. And I think that's going to continue to be etched in, you know, defensive recruits' minds, right? Like, look how that defense played in 2022. They can only continue to get better, especially if they bring in players like me, right? Which is probably what players like Anthony Hill are thinking. And to me, DeMarvian Overshawn led a unit of really experienced players, right? Experienced seniors, seniors that have been through it all at the University of Texas. And I think that's a big reason why this defense was so good this year as well, because the amount of experience they had on it compared to the offense, where the offense was a lot younger and may have had, you know, some more inconsistencies due to that age. We had a veteran experienced group on the defensive side. And DeMarvian Overstone was a part of that 2018 class that came in and, you know, played for a Big 12 championship his true freshman year. And then was not able to match that success for the rest of his college career. But you still saw the maturation in the person that was DeMarvian Overshone. You still saw the maturation in the player that was DeMarvian Overshone uh, throughout his four years at the University of Texas. And you saw him grow. You saw him switch positions and you just saw the development. Right. And you saw it all pay off this year, not necessarily with the team success, but with the individual success, because he was first team all Big 12. And you just saw him making plays all over the field. Right. It was such a blessing to see him to be able to be properly used in Pekakowski's second year and for him really uh, to thrive in, in, in his second year in Pekakowski's system and him being able to walk off that way with the University of Texas now going to 
the NFL draft, which has been his lifelong dream, you know, and, and be able to fulfill it there, right, and leave on a high note at the University of Texas. Because, like I said, not only did he develop and get better, but he was a part of a unit that changed drastically, right? And I think that's going to be huge for him going to the National Football League. And he was just somebody that did it all for the University of Texas, right? He could come downhill and stop the run. That's why our run game uh, was so good this year, because he made a conscious effort to be better in the run game than he was in 2021. He obviously could go sideline to sideline and stop the outside running, came down and did a great job of stopping the inside run this year, part of a great run unit. I think he's somebody that has all the athleticism in the world to cover, right? He started off as a safety, and I think, you know, he's really good in zone coverage, and I think he has the capability to cover in man coverage as well. So, And he was really good at rushing the passer this year. So I'm not sure of his, uh, you know, future perspectives in the NFL, right? I'm not sure how they'll use him. Um, you know, I think B. John Robinson is, is your superstar, right? He goes in, he's your every down back, and he's somebody that can, you know, change the forces of your offense. I'm not sure if DeMarvin Overshone is that player for the defensive side. I'm not sure if he's an every down defensive player, but definitely somebody that you can use as a utility player and definitely somebody that does a lot of things well. Like if you need him to come in on third down and rush the passer, if you need him in your nickel and dime packages to be a cover linebacker, and if you need him to come in at times and stop the run as well, he can do that, right? You know, I think he's a little smaller, has to beef up if you want him to stop the run and stop the power run on every play. So I'm not sure if he's a three down linebacker at this point. But definitely somebody, like I said, that can come in, rush the passer and cover and can be used in nickel and sub packages to give, uh, you know, the offense is trouble and, and try to figure out how to block him and deal with him because he has the speed to really erase anything on the offensive end. So when I think of DeMarvin Overson, I, I, I just think of, you know, somebody that, you know, really came in and, and dealt with a lot. Like I said, you compete for a Big 12 championship your true freshman year. And then at least team wise, you know, you never get back to that for your rest of your time there. But, you know, the development that we saw from him and then, you know, the ability for him to lead a defensive unit that looked the way it looked this year where really nobody expected it to be uh, as good as it was, right? I think DeMarvion Overshawn meant a whole lot to the University of Texas. And like I said, based on what we saw defensively from this team last year and him being, you know, kind of one of the biggest reasons for that, I think that will have an impact moving forward at the University of Texas for a long time because now, they've put a product on the field that will show recruits you can be great at the University of Texas defensively. And he was a big part of continuing to sell the plan and the vision that Pete Kukowski has for the University of Texas on the defensive side. And I think they executed that to a T. And I think that's the reason that Anthony Hill is committed to the University of Texas right now. So like I said, DeMarvin Overshone left his impact on the University of Texas, and I think we'll see it defensively for a long time. Coming up next, a quick word from N. HSA, and then we'll talk about Dylan Spencer and some other decommitments and what that means ahead of early signing day for this University of Texas 2023 recruiting class. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? That's right. Driving high could get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell when you're driving high, well, everyone else in your life can. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement can't tell? Well, they can. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. So Dylan Spencer, I'm not even sure he like officially decommitted. <laughs> like he just took some visits and said, I'm 100% committed to the University of Texas Tech. And so that now makes three commitments for the 2023 class. Three decommitments that all ended up in the Big 12. Right? So it'd be interesting to see if uh, you know, Texas has to line up against any of these three players, Jonah Wilson, 
uh, wide receiver out of Houston, decommitted and committed to the University of Houston. Dylan Spencer out of Houston, uh, edge player, decommitted and committed to Texas Tech. And then Jamel Johnson, who was the first commitment in the 2023 class, uh, he decommitted the safety out of Arlington and committed it to TCU. So there's a chance that Texas may be lining up uh, against some of these players next year and definitely probably will uh, if they don't leave early and end up playing in the Big 12 in 2025. I think we've heard in really all three of these cases, or at least I've heard with Jamel Johnson, um, Jonah Wilson, maybe not Jonah Wilson, but uh, Dylan Spencer and uh, Jamel Johnson, that these were kind of, uh, I think, mutual decisions more so. Um, the University of Texas may have encouraged these players to, to take some visits or, or look elsewhere, right? And um, But I still think these are three really talented players, right? Players that we were excited about uh, when they joined the recruiting class and, and, you know, players that I wish the best for, you know, and, and I think all have a big opportunity uh, to play Big 12 football and, you know, put their name on the map. Do I think that this really affects the 2023 class for Texas, as in these are big losses? Like, not necessarily. You know, we're hearing about, you know, Texas recruiting Derek Williams through the whistle. I think those type of players, when you lose them, those are players that, you know, you can say, wow, that was a huge loss. Like, wow, you know, it hurt to see him decommit. And so anytime that you have players that commit to the University of Texas and they decide to go elsewhere, uh, you know, it stings a little bit, you know, because you're excited to have them on the 40 acres. And I think all three of these players have the potential to be really good players at the next level. But, you know, I, I think these are players that, you know, the University of Texas, there kind of was some, you know, mutual talk there and some mutual understanding there. Right. And, you know, when we talk about this class, we have the headliners, right? The Arches, the Cedric Baxters, the Jontes, the Malik Muhammad's, right? And from everything we've heard, the Anthony Hills, right? And from everything we've heard, the Colton Bassics, you know, we don't have anything to worry about, or, about those players. And so that's a good thing. And, and, you know, you wish some of the players at the bottom, um, you know, at the bottom of the class, the, the best of luck, right? Because you'd rather them decommit and, and go to the best opportunity for them now then comes to the University of Texas, kind of spend two years there, not really accomplish anything, and then have to transfer out, right? The best situation for the player is to make their best decision for them long term right now. And it seems like those three players did. And so, um, you know, I, I like Jonah Wilson. You know, I think he's going to be really good at the University of Houston. Uh, I like Jamel Johnson. And obviously, they're building something special at TCU, and I can't wait to see him in that defense. And I thought Dylan Spencer, you know, he was really good. I think he was a top 200 player when he committed to the University of Texas before the season. Uh, not sure he had the season he wanted to have. Not sure Texas, had, you know, not sure he had the season Texas wanted him to have. I saw that he dropped down uh, almost, he's down about 330, 340 in the 24-7 composite, which is still a really good player. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Still a four-star, still one of the best players in the country. I mean, there's tens of hundreds of thousands of high school players. So if you're the 330th, best player in the country, you know, that's still really good. You know, I just don't think he had the senior season that he wanted to have and probably has a, you know, better path to playing time and making an impact at Texas Tech. So ahead of early signing day, I think this class still is really great. Still one of the best classes still, a, I think it's probably still a top three uh, class, even with the decommitment of Dylan Spencer. And I think you just have to be great, have to be grateful that when you look at this Texas team, we didn't have any really major transfers. You know, Hudson Card had to transfer. He wasn't going to start next year. We really didn't have any major transfers from this team. And when you look at this recruiting class, we really didn't have any major decommitments. So all that continues to tell me is that the culture is trending in the right direction. This Texas team is trending in the right direction. 
And these players, whether in the 2023 recruiting class or these players currently on the Texas roster, they have faith in what Sark and his coaching staff is building for the future. And we'll see, starting with December 29th, what that future looks like. Hook them. Peace.